my parents are going to Disney in the fall, and they're like, you can come, and uh, the, there's the small part of me that wants to ride the Tron light cycle. I feel you like, here, too. I didn't go, but I, I, I can't leave her again twice in a year. I can't make you take care of her, of the pets, twice in the year. It's, they're, they're very easy. I know, but I don't, it's also a lot of money, and there's a lot Especially of other factors. And just to go, just to see, ride a motorcycle roller coaster, which is admittedly very cool. <laughs> And admittedly, very cool yes. motorcycle roller coaster. It is, it is admittedly a very cool Is it admittedly a very cool yeah, why, it aren't, is, it really is. why aren't all roller coasters? Hey, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Why Do We Watch This? The podcast where three chums watch a troubled movie, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and how they would fix it all while enjoying a cocktail that is on theme. I am Brendan Drischler. I'm Chris Ravel. And I'm Lee Delahanty. And this is a mini episode of Why Do We Watch This? So we're not doing any of the things I said. We're just <laughs> going to talk a little bit about what the movie is that we'll be doing two weeks from now. So first of all, we are kicking off our summer. It's summertime, baby. It's hot as hell out, and it's unpleasant. And the best way to get through a summer is by drinking heavily and sticking to a predetermined theme. So the predetermined theme we will have for our movies this summer is murder mystery. That's right. We've got three shitty murder mysteries coming up. Uh, So we'll be sticking with, with that, you know, the sort of thing what to expect, a lot of Corpses piling up in a detective, gathering people in the accusing parlor and shouting "J'accuse" <laughs> at them, which means "I accuse you" in French. And the first movie we will be doing for this is *Radioland Murders*, a 1994 comedy thriller directed by Mel Smith, executive produced by George Lucas. Ooh. That's right, that George Lucas. And you were saying, I believe. Last time we got together that George Lucas has his fingerprints all over this thing. Well, it feels that way, yes. It has a cast of millions. Literally, too many people are in this movie. Similar- it's engaging and spirited. That's <laughs> Thanks, why Google. you should watch it. <laughs> I, lo- I fucking love it when you look up a movie on Google and it's like trying to sell like... It's basically like a piece of shit and it's like, uh, I don't know, it's inoffensive and charming maybe. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Um, yeah. But this was a uh, negative, re- negatively reviewed movie, box office bomb from 1994, so uh, it'll be interesting to discuss. And of course, while we're discussing the movie, like I said, you want to be drunk. So for Radioland Murders, the drink that we'll be making is called a W Bourbon. It's because the radio station is WBN. Uh, and that is two ounces of bourbon, one and a half ounces of grapefruit juice, Half an ounce of honey and some rosemary sprigs. You mix the bourbon, the grapefruit juice, the honey, and one sprig in a shaker with ice. Strain it into a glass over ice. Express the glass with a grapefruit peel and with a grapefruit peel sliced. And then you garnish the cocktail with a rosemary sprig and the peel. So it's kind of an old-fashioned-y sort of drink because this is a movie that takes place in the 1930s. Hey, day of radio, all that crap. So it felt it felt right. And are we all going to be doing radio announcer voices? Yes, we are. We're all going to be talking like this for the entire episode. Hey there, sounds. I know it doesn't make sense, but when you, I didn't really understand the pun of the drink name. Yeah, I know nothing <laughs> about this movie. When you said it, I thought you were doing like a plan W Riz or something, and I was like, What's W Riz? W Riz is like a sort of slang for like, I think it's sort of like like your. Uh, this is really dated because I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to undate this any yeah. more than to say like that you're really fly or cool or like you have like game. What I okay. Call, like, game. Yes. 
So if you have like if you have it, you have like W Riz, and if you don't, you have L Riz. Well, yeah, I, I've never heard. So of this I, in I just my googled life. this, and a January twelfth, twenty twenty three entry on uh, Yahoo says, uh, "What does it mean? Well, a W Riz is a win, and an L Riz is a loss. Yeah, where does the Riz come from, though? No idea. I just That's know what it I want to because claiming I, that this came from Twitch. I play video well, games course, with I'm children sure yeah. on the internet. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it did come from Twitch. Anything I don't understand usually has come from Twitch. Or Do you have Riz or even unspoken Riz? How about W Riz or L Riz? Riz is the latest slang term storming TikTok. Mm-hmm. With thousands of, sh- of users showing their Riz or advising their social media what followers. What does it mean? Who have no Riz. Just tell me. Just tell me where it came from. Uh, That's all I want. What does Riz mean and where did it come from? Yes, where did it come from? Riz, which means... Which some people have speculated is short for charisma, is one's ability to attract a romantic interest. It can be defined as an ability to charm or flirt with a potential partner with pickup lines and general chat. One Urban Dictionary definition claims that Riz actually comes from the word charisma, where in southern Baltimore they've they've started to shorten it to Rizma or Riz. There you go. So Rizma being the noun, Riz being... The verb, the action that shows charisma. Okay. So I guess a Riz W is a charisma victory, and a Riz L is no, you, where no, your charm No, work. Chris, it's W Riz and L Riz. You don't put the L after, it's before. So sorry. <laughs> so W Riz. Yes. Victory. Yeah, yeah, that was some real L Riz there, Chris. That's L Riz. I feel like it was more Riz L. <laughs> All right, so that's the horrible thing I learned today. <laughs> <laughs> Riz yeah. being short for charisma. That's a toughie. I mean, I feel like I could get by with just Riz on its own. It's when that? you add the W and the L. How do you feel about that versus like plus L plus ratio plus that kind of... I don't even know what that means. You don't know what that is either? No. That's another thing people do in like video games when it's like when you... Uh, when you like lose and you're like, oh, you killed me. And it's like, like L plus ratio plus like ratio meaning like either um, the Twitter definition or like kill death ratio mm. um like loss plus I see, ratio I see, plus skill I see. issue plus and it's basically people like you know citing the reason it's basically people That's shit talking why you are so bad at the game <laughs> i was okay not knowing that too well Come, come always learning all. come that's, to me for all of your i think that's awful your child slang yeah I think that's the important thing to do. Always keep learning as you get older. It'll keep you horribly young. (laughs) Anyways, so now that we've discussed what Riz is, uh, that's the whole episode. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Um, So there is something that we kind of wanted to kick around a little bit as a discussion because, um, like, you you guys know, and uh, some of you might know just if this is the sort of thing you follow, is that, I mean, obviously we all heard that um, a while ago, HBO Max, now just Max, yeah. has started to take down some of its content, mm-hmm. and certain things there were just not going to release in the first place. Like, there was that Batgirl movie. What a bummer. I was <laughs> excited for that. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm excited for as much as I'm excited for anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I didn't really care that much, but like... It I, just I was to people of more people of color in the superhero space that it was two directors of color that... I don't know, that it was a woman, which also doesn't tend to lead a yeah, lot of superhero media. There I guess. There some pluses. I guess. I, I, I honestly, I, like, I, in the interest of being fully honest, I don't think I would have watched it anyway, but, like, that's just I want to see it more now. That they hit it? Yeah. Yeah. 
That is, I mean, that maybe that's the strategy. Scarcity. Maybe that's the strategy they should be employing from now on. Be like, yeah, yeah. we're never going to show Batgirl to everyone. That would be the internet's like, we demand Batgirl. Be like, here, you little piss oh, pigs. Oops, I dropped this. <laughs> Did you listen to that episode of Corny Pang yeah, that's funny. Oops, I dropped this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we all know that, that HBO Max slash Max has been doing this for a while, and it's kind of like that kind of opened the door to this as a concept, which Disney was by and large, doing well, the same thing as right I'm now. going to get to, which was kind of by and large not a thing that most of the paid streaming services did. Like Netflix would well, do that occasionally yeah. when they would lose the rights to a TV show that was not theirs. But by and large, the idea was like, if Netflix made this TV show, it's going to stay on Netflix. Can you still watch that shitty vampire show? Did they make it? What was it the called? The Jansen one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was werewolves. Hemlock, it, no, it has vampires. Oh, it does? It has both. Fomka's a vampire. Okay. I never watched. I <laughs> Hemlock Grove. I heard nothing but terrible things about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's on. They, they got rid of Hemlock Grove. Maybe they did. I don't know when that happened. Or maybe um, someone else got rights. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, like, like, like we said, by and large, it was if they lost the rights to something, it would go away, and that was usually for things like a movie that another studio made that they had purchased the rights to temporarily, and then right. you know, or like you know, they'll lose the rights to The Office or whatever because it's going to Peacock or some other streaming service. But now we're at the point where streaming services realize that they can just sort of boost their bottom line by removing low-rated uh, shows from their services. So. Like you said earlier, now this is something that Disney Plus is getting into the game of doing. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you Hemlock say? Hemlock Grove was just a long, a really long-term rental. They didn't really? actually own Hemlock. Well, there you Grove. go. I mean, that's why it's that's why I it's not there. I was going to say, wasn't that um, until they really started making their original shit? It was all temporary, right? Like it's our turn to get the rights for a couple years, and then it'll right. But I mean, else. it's it's I, I yeah. It was but... original for not like it first aired on Netflix, right? But it, I think it was before they had, like... Was it one own. of those things also where it's, like, a different country and Netflix just has the domestic... Oh, yeah, like... Possibly. Maybe? Because yeah, right. I know that that's a thing where, like, they can yeah. lose the rights to those because it's another country. And that was most of their uh, first originals. Right, well, I mean, yeah, there, there's still a fair well, amount of that. But obviously you started I mourned, with, like... I mourned for Hemlock Grove. I actually... I mean, I watched a fair amount of Hemlock Grove. You're a Hemlock head? Yeah, me and Julie started it when um, I first visited her in San Diego, and mm-hmm. you know it was a fucking stupid such show. memories. <laughs> yeah, fond memories. Um, but like I said, so there, there's a lot of uh, low-rated or unpopular shows being removed from streaming services like this, and the reason, of course, is twofold. One, that you don't have to pay streaming rights or um, residuals for people who are streaming them anymore, which help studios save, I don't know, twenty-five cents per episode. Although it's very much in the conversation now with the writers' strike, right? And the other thing that you can do is then you can license this out to another streaming service, make revenue on it, and not pay residuals because you are not the streaming service that is airing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's why there were some things from HBO that ended up on, like, Pluto or Tubi yeah. or something like that. Right. I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like a lot of these things are going to eventually get dumped on, like, the free ad-supported TV platform apps, a.k.a what tv is i mean we're really just moving we've moved away from cable packages to streamings to in part i mean for many reasons but at least in part to avoid ads and now they've added those back in and now we're headed back towards a cable package structure well right i mean the idea was also i think that like initially you were moving away from uh cable because it was like well if you just have a netflix and a hulu subscription you have everything and now it's like well now every studio sees dollar signs and needs to have their own separate right so like no one wants to just license their shit out anymore you want to have your own make all the money dollars to donuts toe to tip 
and that's what we're end up. That's what we're stuck with now, basically, where it's like we're just having the same issues over and over again, but don't know what the resolution is. But anyway, what what this sort of brought up was just the idea of lost media in general, and like. I, I was looking at the list of shit that's going off of Disney Plus, and a lot of it is stuff that, like, Most personally, right? I don't care about. There was one. What the Howard, Howard Ashman? No, documentary. Howard, absolutely. Howard is true, and the, that's a bigger issue too, which I'll go to in a bit. Like, you also have things like, again, didn't watch it, don't care about, but like the Willow TV show is being well, taken down. Which, Star Girl is gone, right? Which was weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, these are also things that, like, just kind of came out relatively recently. Right. Yeah. Like, Willow came out fairly recently. I didn't know that Stargirl was kind of had a following. It did. I mean, it mustn't have had a big enough following to justify it, I guess. But, but yeah, so, so now it's just this idea of, like, also, if there's a show that, you know, you have in the back of your head, like, oh, I'll watch that at some point. It's like, well, now you may not have the option to watch right. at some point. So, you know, you better watch Willow as soon as it pops up on Disney Plus because they yeah. might take it down in a year or so. Yeah, I mean, I had heard that Luke Wilson is a cool dad on Stargirl, and I was like, maybe I'll watch Luke Wilson be a cool dad. I guess I'll never see Luke Wilson. Be right, a cool and dad. I mean, that's again like the bigger issue is the bigger issue is that once it's taken down from these services, where do you find it legally? And the answer yeah, is yeah. you don't. Yeah, don't. Right, the answer is you turn but to pirates. Here's an, yeah, yeah. Would, would Disney ever? Or any of them, would they ever kind of go back to the Disney Vault model? Of I like, mean, it seems we'll, we'll just re-release them right. for limited periods. Of right, time. like we'll plop it back up once demand hits a certain point. Because presumably they haven't expunged it from their. I would think not. I from mean, they're like internal. Right. I, I think studios now are a lot better at holding on to things than they were. You know, back when, like forty years ago, even you know, where this was something that you brought up Lee just like this is not dissimilar from all of the lost media from yeah like either movies that were made like in the 30s that we simply do not have copies of anymore or movies that were released and now there's some sort of nebulous rights issue where it's like no one knows who owns the rights to this movie or like some smaller studio owns the rights to this movie and they want to sit on it because they feel like no one's offering them enough money for it so it's like this movie may have been released on VHS in the 80s but it never got like a DVD release it's not available for streaming anywhere yes. like the for for me like the original Stepford Wives movie it's available on like Pluto TV or some shit, but like you uh, can't buy it digitally. The last time it was released on home video was a DVD. That's strange to me because it's it's I don't know it's a classic. I would well, assume somebody it's would because, be doing that work. Uh, I believe it's Myers Briggs or no, not Myers Briggs. Who's who's um? That's the personality. Yeah, it's the personality test. Shit, it's um. God, let me look it up real quick because I have it written down uh, on my phone just because I thought it was such a weird ass thing. Um, da -da 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 -da. Notes. You know they like. I mean, for oh, the longest okay. time. Like, Sorry. Like, yeah. Uh, Bristol Myers Squibb owns the rights to Stepford Wise. Bristol Myers Squibb's the pharmacy company somehow acquired this at one point in their willing, wheelings and dealings, along with like a fair like. Do you know the movie Sleuth? Yeah. 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 They own the rights to Sleuth, which is also why you can't get Sleuth anywhere. There's that remake. Yeah. There's the shitty remake, which you could see, which. It's unfortunate that, like, if you're going to try, like, Red Sleuth on iTunes or some shit, it's like, well, you can watch the remake. Yeah, you know what I also never have seen? Just, cause they, who, didn't, they did a shitty remake of Gambit as well. I think that was, like, Colin Brothers. Was that... That was with Colin Firth? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. But the Colin Brothers had something to do with it. They might have, like, produced it or something? I don't did know. they make it? I don't know. It was not good. I didn't see it, but I heard that it was not good. Yeah, it might be like a, just they produced it or some shit. I don't. Yeah, know if they I don't it. think they wrote it or directed. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love the original movie Gambit. 
Anyway. Anyway. Sort of unrelated, just the movies <laughs> that had a remake that did not do well. Right. But, um, so, yeah. so you, you have certain movies like this, which are owned by, like, pharmaceutical corporations who just are, are not inclined to make these movies available because they don't see a reason in doing it. But, like, contrary-wise, they won't sell it because they have it in their minds that we want X amount of money for this and no one is going to pay them X amount of money for it. So then it's entirely a theoretical asset because... Right, it's like, we think it's worth this. They'll much. never sell it off for the money... But nor will they do Well, it, I think they would sell it off it. for the money, but you would have to offer them more money than anyone is willing to offer is usually <laughs> the issue. Because you can never have quite enough money. If this whole, like, if streaming and the strike has taught us anything, it's that you can never have quite enough money if you're what a you studio mean, exec. Stream, it's not just that. It's like, it's just like, the, it's just the, it's the world. No, I know. But, like, it has brought into stark relief. Because do you remember, like... Yeah. When streaming first came out, it was kind of like I said, this thing where it's just like, oh, if you have Netflix or Hulu, you'll be all set. And then yeah. it quickly became but like, I mean, oh, there's more money to be made in having our own. Yeah, but because th- things splintered, right? Like for a while, right. every- everything went to Netflix. Right. They were king. Right. And then like Hulu came along and Hulu yeah. was more like, we have current TV shows yes, we have more so TV. than movies. And so it was kind of like, if you have the two of them, you have movies, you have TV, you've yeah. got everything. Yeah, and then everything splintered. Right. And I wonder if that, like, I remember, like, asking a while, like, a year or two ago, like, when is the bubble going to burst? Is the bubble bursting? Are we experiencing the bursting? It feels like we're getting there. I mean, because did you know that Disney Plus and Hulu are, like, merging at some point by the end of the year? Well, which makes sense because Hulu was technically servicing all of the major networks to some degree by allowing, like, next day streaming of what they broadcast, but... Now that everyone has their own streaming platform, Hulu is sort of just there to stream whatever Disney Plus decided wasn't within their brand. So now I'm curious to know, is this just re-including stuff like Love, Victor that they said was too spicy for D Plus? Yeah, I don't I don't honestly know how that's going to look or what that's going to end up being like. But obviously that's something that's going to happen. So yeah, maybe we are at the point where the bubble is finally bursting. I mean, it it's kind of feels like... You should watch Paramount Plus and see what happens there, you know, right? Because I still have Paramount Plus because my I didn't even use it. My parents watch their fucking Yellowstone. old people's Yellowstone It's always on. Yellowstone. Moms but and I dads could be love watching, Yellowstone. Like, aren't the... Isn't that... No, that's CBS. When? when? Where can I watch the Star Trek shows? That's Paramount Plus. Yeah. Is it? CBS is part of Paramount. <laughs> so, like, no, yeah, because I, I, I thought I checked the other day because I was... I heard that they're doing a, the live-action Tawny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Jack crossover Quinn. from... And I was like... Yeah. I've never really watched any of the modern Star Treks. Right. And I have only seen um, Osmosis TNG from my childhood uh-huh. and Enterprise, baby. And TNG edits. So, uh, TNG edits. <laughs> well, I've seen Which a I lot of TNG from, like, again, like Osmosis and just like it was the one of our youth. So it was just like what we'd be watching. You know, if you yeah. were. If, if you your watched parents Star watched Trek, it, you it was, sit in there. Right. It was. That's how I remember. I don't know if you guys remember how I conflated about Data being a human because of an episode that I watched about 10% of. <laughs> um, there was an episode where, like, uh, Data gets put into, like, a weird machine and he spins around. And then, I don't know, I'm not, this is, like, again, this is literally what I remember. And then they're like, no! And then, like, at one point later on in the episode, um, they're like, why aren't you eating? And Data's like, androids don't eat, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, shock! <laughs> and I thought it was because he's he was a human, human and yeah. he'd, he'd just he been turned converted into, into an android. That's what I thought had happened in that episode. But I guess it was just a bunch of people that didn't know he was an android. Okay. 
That's what I guess was happening. But yeah, I don't know I what episode it was. One. I have tried to communicate this to people who really know TNG. Yeah. And they have... To no avail. They have told me what episode it was, okay. but I've forgotten every time. <laughs> Why would I remember that? It doesn't well, mean anything to me. Yeah, but you got Paramount Plus now. You can go find that I episode. I can go find out. I can go find that episode. Find that episode where they found, spin data around. You found the episode where he does the bit data because it's polite. Oh, yes. That was great. <laughs> I was very pleased when I discovered that. Sorry, we're talking about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about TNG edits now. Anyways, um, so... But what I had a... I had a I had a point a while back. Yeah. But we, we talked about pharmaceutical companies and capitalism, but... Natch. But, like, that's just... This is just, again... This is the current reason why stuff is disappearing. But stuff disappears for a lot of different reasons. Like, there's just... You know, stuff is always gonna... I think we take it for granted. Maybe in other generations also took it for granted, maybe. Or maybe they didn't. Actually, they probably didn't. If you were going, if you were born in the 1930s, if you're not, if you're around going to the Nickelodeons or whatever, and then you see movies at the, on the silver screen, you probably didn't take it for granted that you're going to be able to see that again. Because probably, right. How I the mean, fuck would you see it right, again? Right, because I mean, that's the thing. That's like, well, that's like, because that was kind of like the original idea with Disney, yeah. even too, where it was just like, you'll release Snow White every 10 years in theaters so yeah, that yeah. people will see it every 10 years because like where else are you going to watch it you're not going to watch it on tv because we're not going to let you watch it on tv there's no mm. such thing as home video back then so you're not going to watch it at home it's basically like if you see a movie you like it's kind of like well yeah. now you have to wait well, for the like, studio to decide yeah to or show it's it like again. A, it's like theater basically where it's like it's a play we made a play right it goes away play, you miss it it's, that's it it's right. out right maybe we'll make a similar play later mm-hmm. and you can come see that but that play that particular one is done yeah and that, and so people were just used to the concept of it being like you either see it or you don't, or right. you either hear this concert or you don't, and you're not going to get to keep it forever. So maybe it is just our generation that is used to this. I mean, I, I think it probably is our generation mostly, yeah. right? Because we grew up with VHS, so VHS mm-hmm. obviously kind of being where home video really started to take off, and then obviously DVD was kind of like nuts for everyone, like everyone fucking had a dvd yeah. player and dvd was when they really started throwing movies on home video and ever since then it's been kind of more of a focus on streaming versus physical media yeah and contrary wise though this is the problem that you run into with something like that where it's like if i wanted to watch the howard ashman documentary i can't get it on itunes like i can't buy it legally well, i would have to torrent it. apparently backlash um was loud enough that disney plus was like fine we won't delete that well that's good but i'm still gonna have to torrent it because i don't trust them. i mean i don't trust them either <laughs> and i also just for them it's i mean of course they were fine with getting rid of a documentary about one of the few openly gay people that is also like fucking responsible for the Disney Renaissance. Right. So. I mean, it's also doubly frustrating because my recollection of Howard, and I could be mistaken here, but Howard was not a documentary produced by Disney originally. It was produced independently by Correct. Don Hahn, and then Disney bought the rights to it, which like makes some level of sense right. because it deals with them a lot. But so now it's also like well, ah, now, now we can put it. Right. And now it's like, but now you own the rights. So, like, it's yeah. not like I can go on iTunes or go to Don Hahn's website and buy, like, an MOD DVD right. or something of this shit. It's like, well, yeah. now we can stick it in a box for all eternity and fuck you. You're, you're, probably, you're probably safer just torrenting it and saving it on your computer. Right. I mean, this is this is kind of the yeah. thing. Like, this, if, if anything, this is showing the importance of physical media or torrenting shit because it's just like... If, if, you know, I want to see the Willow series a year from now, you're going to have very few options. You're not going to be able to buy it on iTunes. You're not going to be able to go on, like, Movies Anywhere or Disney Plus and see it. So it's basically, like, if you want it, you have to steal it. It's kind of like, like, it's just they're making it worse, you know? 
He's interesting, right? Yeah. This is an interesting concept, right? Because Disney made this, or not, I mean, in this case, they didn't make this thing. Uh-huh. They have a lot of movies that they've made right. they are now keeping. Right. And there's this, maybe this argument or this feeling that isn't entirely unjustified that I think that a lot of people feel like they have some sort of entitlement to be able to see it. I think that's probably true. Yes. Um, and th- this kind of feel, and this is, this is an interesting, so here, this, I'm going on a journey. <laughs> All right. Go with I'll me buckle on this journey. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, this feels like a museum and a cultural artifact, uh-huh. except that, like, we're not there yet because this is still a privately owned company mm-hmm, with right. property that was made for it's an art it is a cultural artifact made like a by movie this is a cultural artifact company, but yeah. the entity is still around and they still own this and they right. still can do whatever they want with it so like it's still theirs and that might change but like it would be like if we still had Greek senators and they still had their vases. <laughs> right, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. And we and it was like... They carried their amphoras around. Sorry, you can't actually put that vase in the museum. I'm still using that vase. Right, right. I'm at, it's in my fucking palatial, my palatial estate in Athens. Right. I mean, is, is that not... It's not even that different, though, from, like, a billionaire buying a piece of art and, like, hanging it up in their living room. Where right. it's like, again, and yeah. I, I feel like this is something we kind of brushed on... With, with another topic, I don't remember how the fuck we got on this, but it's like, oh, oh, seeing movies in theaters versus seeing them at home. Where it's kind of like, yeah, you can still go online, like, look at a picture of the painting and mm-hmm. be like, I understand what this painting is. But, like, you're not appreciating it in the sense that you're actually physically looking at it. It's like you're doing it one removed at that point. Yes. And so, like, it, it is just kind of goes back to the whole concept of the rich, you know. Mm-hmm. just Always like, having access to things. Right. Just buying it up for their own purposes. Yeah. Which is emblematic. I mean, I know we were touching on capitalism earlier, but it's it's a, it, it's another way that it's a system that benefits a very few people at the cost of usually our labor yeah. or deprivement. But I would go further. I would say this is beyond just like, oh, this is the rich hoarding things. Like in the case of that Howard Ashton documentary, mm-hmm. yes, it is the rich hoarding things. I think it's co- more complicated when somebody's made something and they don't want you to see it for whatever reason. Be it in a corporation or an auteur or... Such as the Batgirl movie. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are... That is a copyright and, like, an ownership issue. And that is more complicated than saying, like, well, Disney should just let me see this thing. Yeah. Uh, because if, if Disney should let me see this thing that Disney owns, that means that anyone who owns anything that, that doesn't want me to see it, we should have a right to see that thing, mm-hmm. regardless of what they think. Which is a dangerous precedent, I think, to set. That if you make something, that you should have a right to see it. That the public has a right to see it? Yes. So, but there... Because I think there are other reasons you might want to... But also, beyond that issue, beyond the fact that it's just like, well, this company owns it, they can do what they want with it. It's not yet considered, like, property of the culture. Right. The public. um, Which I think is, like, an important distinction to make. There's the distinction of people... Like, it's not just one corporation. It's not just, like, there are people on, like, there are people that worked on this that are financially tied to this movie. And they're, like, they, there are money, there's money in contracts and residuals and stuff tied up in how this movie is distributed. And that is important. And that is a little bit more tied to capitalism, but in a different way than just saying, like, I'm not going to let anyone see it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, what is the right, and this is, I think, what the strike is kind of about, right? Where it's like... What what are what are people owed who make these movies in terms of 
you know, I made this movie. It's yours now. You're allowed, you're, you know, you're, you produced it. You're the distributor. But, like, I deserve the correct amount of compensation right. for it. Right. Well, and it, like, obviously into that, also involved in that conversation is the presence of AI. Mm-hmm. Um which I, I do agree poses an existential threat to... Right, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Human writers. Right there. Well, but it's... I mean, I think it plays in just because I, I think it's... Ultimately, it's two different groups of people who are speaking two different languages about the same thing. Consumers and artists see media as an art form or as something to enjoy consuming and you're thinking about it in terms of quality or like what work went into it but the distributor and the corporate holders don't give a shit about that it's entirely a product and they're concerned about the financial and economic impact it will have so i think it's it's ultimately a very frustrating conversation because there's not a shared goal between these two groups of people. Corporations don't care if what they made is considered art or if it's quality or if it's good. It only needs to make money. So from their perspective, of course they're going to hire a robot who is going to churn out a bunch of bullshit. Let's be clear. Not hire, sorry. (laughs) Hire a robot. The robots go on strike (laughs) too. Develop an AI to just churn it out quickly because... It's not about quality. It's just about producing a product. And I think especially when you look at things like the MCU or the DCEU or like just kind of the franchise movie making in general has sort of proven to an extent that there's a level of quality that they can slip down to and people will still buy the ticket. So why wouldn't you get a robot to write the next Superman movie? Quality was not an issue for them. Yeah, I guess there is and there isn't, though, with some of them. I mean, you have to look at, like, there are certain tiers in terms of Marvel movies for ones that have done better than others, you know? And it usually tends to be, by and large, the better ones tend to make more money than the ones that don't. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, contrary-wise, like, you've got, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I enjoyed, made a lot of money. But then you might have something like, and I mean, obviously now, the, the other issue is that, like, we have fucking COVID that we're dealing with still theatrical releases are a hell of a lot different than they were three years ago. So it's like, this is a whole other kettle of fish that we're throwing into this situation. And I would also say, though, do they even look at those and are like, well, that was successful because of it was quality for these reasons? Or are they looking at that of like, we marketed this successfully. This is what people want now. So that's just what I'm just saying, like, I don't always think they look at a quality thing that was successful and think, "Ooh, we need to emulate the quality aspects of that. No, I know. But I, I, I mean, I, again, though, like I said, I think there are variations in, in like, or, or like the live action Disney movies, right? Like you have ones that made an obscene, like Beauty and the Beast, not good, made an obscene amount of money. Lion King, not good, made an obscene amount of money. But then contrarily, on the other hand, it's like Aladdin made less money, like we're a little less interested in this now. And it's one of those things where it's like, you can sit in here and Mulan made less money. Well, again, Mulan didn't open in theaters. Mulan was entirely online right. because of COVID. So like, yeah, of course it made less money because you weren't going to see it in theaters. So like that, again, like there's too many factors to really sort of mm. have that conversation. Like you could throw, you, you could discuss variations on things like this for like hours on end, True. trying to figure out how this works. I don't want to like tear away. This is an interesting yeah. point. It is a little far from the discussion. Yeah, I apologize. No, I agree. But it's fine. But but I but I will say that like I I think that this is a larger issue. The AI thing is related to it, but I think it I think that all of it is more just about um 
it's just it's tied to like corporations being tied to profit and i i don't think the ai is the sole issue i think that it's like it's contributor i don't think it's the only thing i think that it's like but i think that profits are never like good profits are no longer good enough right like there's that like what was the movie where it like made enough money but it didn't make enough didn't, i mean there's a lot of ones where it's like it certainly was a successful movie but like it didn't hit that one billion dollar mark so like yeah. it's really not worth making oh it was one. the um, the the wizarding world ones where it was like, right yeah we're waiting on how how much money like the, yes it made quite a lot of money but it didn't make a lot a lot of, of money or whatever right. it was. <laughs> And they're like, well, people did see it, but not enough people. Right, and, like, we all certainly came out of this much richer than we went in, but, yeah. like, we didn't come out quite rich enough to justify yeah. making another so one. So we're not gonna... Right, which is, that. I mean, that's, like, and, and, you know, if you want to talk about bubbles bursting, then you have that, too, right? Where the idea is just that, like, now it's, like, you have to make a very expensive franchise, like, temple picture. Yeah. It has to make a billion dollars, and if you don't keep making these billion-dollar movies, then what's going to happen? So, like... We'll probably see what happens there, too, you know. Because, yeah. I mean, eventually the bubble does have to... Of course, yes. More people are not... Like, yeah, it's it's like, eventually no one else can sign on to Netflix. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like, the weirdest thing, too, when they talk about how, like, well, like, these titles really aren't driving subscriptions. Just kind of, like, maybe we just hit peak subscription, right. you know? Yeah. Like, at a certain point, like, people are just not going to subscribe yeah. anymore. Where, where, where are you finding these people? Right, well, exactly. Like, I realize people are being bored, but, like, people are dying, too. So it's just, like, yeah. at a certain point, we're going to plateau, and then what are you going to do? Well, but that, that, I mean, I don't, I really don't mean to get us too distanced away from our topic, but that is, I think, one of the inherent fallacies of capitalism which is if you must always be experiencing exponential growth for you to see your company as a success but that is impossible there is a point at which it levels out so like yeah there's gonna be a point at which you're gonna have to be okay with having four trillion subscribers instead of five i mean i know it's not that much but still like exponential growth is just not possible at a certain point right and i mean it's the same thing where it's just like like you see um all all of like the money that they're putting into developing new content for these streaming servers. And it's just kind of like, well, that's also just not a sustainable model too. You know, like yeah. at a certain point you're just making too much to justify the cost of it. Um, so just to sort of go back, I guess, to the idea of the whole lost media concept yeah. here. Um, Lee, you were saying something earlier about the idea of like a studio sort of making something and then hiding it away yeah, but like contrary-wise, it has not become part of the cultural zeitgeist. So it's sort of like, what what is like, what are you, the consumer, owed in a situation like this? Yeah, I feel like the example to bring up there would be something like the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. where the original versions of these movies are not really available. You can have the version that George Lucas tinkered with and considers his preferred version, mm-hmm. but like. For everyone who saw the original version in the theater, it's like, well, you can't have that now. And obviously, of course, you can. You can go online and torrent it. Yeah. They were released on DVD in very crappy quality, but nonetheless, they were there. And it's just sort of like, like that's, I think, kind of becomes the issue where it's like, what if something that you put out into the cultural consciousness is then taken away for no reason other than, well, I don't want it to be out there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's kind of the sticky wicket. And of course, that's not entirely related to the idea of all There's- these things that were just you know, never released on home video. Yeah, there's also stuff they deliberately... Like, people have, you know, taken episodes off of things or... or th- right, well, like like how 30 Rock did with, like, the blackface episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff Which like that. a good idea. Yeah, things where they're like, yeah, this in retrospect, not a good thing. Or, right. you know, we're, we're going to remove um, this for some reason. I also remember when um, Hannibal was airing, they had 
a episode in which a character played by, I believe, Molly Shannon uh, essentially talks various school children into killing their classmates. And then Sandy Hook happened, so they just entirely scuttled the episode. Like, it's somewhere out there, but you can't get yeah. it. Like, it was never aired. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things like that, I think, where it's like they... Something culturally happened. Something culturally happened, yeah. and they're like, we can't do yeah, this. Right. We can't do this. Right, right, exactly. So we had this thing planned, and that's not going to happen. Not gonna right, be this isn't going to fly now. Um, there are also things like... Uh, so, like, Doctor Who has been going on since, like, the 60s. Of course, right, and so many of those episodes yeah because they didn't they didn't nobody right cared. i mean that's like that's the thing nobody like care right that's what i was saying because like nowadays with modern content it's more like the studio has made the choice to not allow you to watch it but with things like yeah. back then it was more like we don't know where this is anymore <laughs> right. like, we thought we had this film on a shelf like, it turns out it's an empty canister and like went, went up in flames right the whole media doesn't exist right and they didn't you know it, it it was Doctor Who. They're like, well, we'll put it in a closet somewhere. Right, like, and it was, archive. right, it was just sort of thought, like, well, who will care about this? Yeah. Like, who will want to see this exactly. 50 years from now? Let's just reuse the tape for whatever. Yeah, and they, yeah. Ha- like, they've, they have since, like, they've recreated some as, like, sort of, um, Like, vaguely animated ones. Yeah, I've seen clips of them online. storyboards. Yeah. Um, done the audio and stuff for them. So, so yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things like Doctor Who that where they're, they're just, like... I mean, I think that's the way with a lot of TV shows, mostly, right? Where it's just that, like, again, unless you have certain things, like, for whatever reason, Lucille Ball had the foresight to shoot I Love Lucy on film and, like, kept it safe. Whereas you have, like, right, whereas you have so many other shows where it's like, well, we have a kinescope of it or we just, you know, don't have it at all anymore. Yeah. And that is, like, by and large, a thing that affects TV more than it does movies. With movies, it's more sort of, like... We lost it, or yeah, right, yeah or and is yeah, or, or like it disintegrated, it disintegrated, or we lent it out. You know, we lent our original copy to some museum in France, and now no <laughs> one they say they sent it back, and we don't have it, and no one knows where that it is. In the mail, right? And then Metropolis shows up in Brazil somewhere, yeah. And and so like you, you've got a lot of shit like that, and it's it is just sort of interesting that for older movies, the reason why they're not being shown is mostly because of like a lack of foresight rather than you know corporate greed or something right. like that. But again, contrary-wise, you do have issues where the studio just doesn't see the value in releasing, like releasing, like, like the Madness Manton is not out on yeah. Blu-ray, and it's kind of like just because Warner Brothers yeah. does not well, see yeah. like the merit in doing so, you know? But, yeah, you, like you can touch up some of these things, but you know, we, we, what we have is a shitty film that we threw on a DVD. Right. We didn't do anything to it. Right, and it's also then it's also like, are we going to pay the money to restore this film, even if we have it lying around? Yeah. It's like, well. Probably not. Yeah. So there is certainly an element of corporate greed there as well, but there that that corporate greed is usually just like, well, we don't see the point versus right. like we think yeah, there's more money to be made in not doing it. And they charge you like twenty bucks for a DVD. Yeah, and for like an MOT DVD. No subtitle. That's right. With like literally like a sticker audio. on the disc. <laughs> yeah. Pop it in, it just starts playing the movie, ten chapter breaks randomly placed throughout yeah. the movie. There you go. That's really? what you get. I don't know for sure. I, mean, I know. There are definitely ones I've gotten, like, M.O.D., where it's just, like, every 15 minutes is the there's, chapter There's break, also, like, like, there's the official ones. And the un- I have a lot of, like, unofficial M.O.D.s I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, the Raffles movies. I got all the all A.J. Raffles movies, DVDs. With, um, what's his nuts? Nigel. British, I don't know. The guy that was in the Pink Panther, but not... The, not Peter Sellers? Not Peter Sellers. Originally... Na- Pink- David Niffen? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I don't know why I said Nigel. Nigel. I don't know why either. Nigel really threw me for a David yeah. Niven. David, David Niven. David Niven. David Niven. 
Um, because Pink Panther was supposed to be about David Niven, but nobody, Peter Sellers just stole the scene. Yeah. Right, and I mean, as also, he's want to do. Right, yes, as he does do. And also, it was supposed to be about the Pink Panther, and then that sort right. of became, like, yep. not Yourself. a thing as we moved on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Have but, either of you ever... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I, I was going to say, like, it is interesting how that was, that, that feels like, sort of like, you talked about buying, you know, bootleg MOD DVDs, which was something I definitely did in college back when it was kind of like the pre-torrenting days where it's like mm-hmm. some things were still being torrented. But it was mostly like unless you wanted to see a TV show that aired last week, you're kind of boned. Yeah. And now it's a little bit easier to find those older things without having to, you know, pay 25 bucks to some rando on their website who will burn you a DVD copy of it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chris? Well, I was just going to wonder if either of you have checked out the uh, Lost Media Wiki. Yeah, the Lost Media Wiki is... I I haven't spent a lot of time there, but I've been there a little bit. I was tooling around there a little bit. It was interesting. I had forgotten a few things that I had, like, um, one of the entries was talking about how there's not an entire movie cut, and it's not, like, feature length or anything, but there is most of a movie of um, Back to the Future before oh, the Eric Stoltz the Eric version, Stoltz version yeah. before they brought in Michael J. Fox. Mm. Right. And they've they've released a handful of like non-dialogue clips Right, you or can stills. see video of and him. I would love to know. No, I would too. And again, that's like one of those things where... it's a different vibe Eric right. Stoltz had. The studio is clearly just going to be like, we would rather you not pretend this thing existed. Like, at this point, why not? It would be fun to see, like, I, on it, we'll what, see. what could it have been? I have heard that it was partly out of respect to Eric Stoltz because they don't want to make him look bad. Not that they think his performance was terrible, but I think it's just the idea that, like, you would compare it to Michael J. Fox and be like, this is great! I see. Eric Stoltz, what are you doing? Like, this sense. is weird. And so sense. I think it's just kind of, like, out of deference to him they haven't actually released it yet, which mm-hmm. is... Like, if you're not going to release something, that's, that's a, a nice, that's a nice reason to not yeah. release a movie, just to be nice about it. So, yeah. like, that's okay. I mean, you have to also think about things like, remember when, like, the script for the original Episode Nine of Star Wars leaked, which was, yeah. like, not so. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that ever actually got out there, because Disney, you know, this that huge corporation. That yeah, real? That right. And it's just, I mean, yeah, regardless of the quality of the script, it's also just kind of they not so, like, well, that's right, like, this enormous corporation is usually very good at making sure you don't see things that they don't want you to see, right. and somehow this just ends up on the internet, which is a little nuts. I mean, just remember how bad it was. I mean, what, what, the movie or the script? I mean, both. Well, the script was less bad than the movie. The script, yeah. The, the script had problems. They were both bad. Right. But right. The, script the script was, was better was, than the it movie. Was. Right, the script, I would have probably still been annoyed with that movie, but... Less annoyed. Right, like, if I, if, if, if like, me from an alternate universe showed up, I was like, no, no, don't be mad at that. Look at the rise of Skywalker. Look yeah. what could have been. The dead speed! Then I would have been like, well, somehow okay. Somehow Palpatine returned. Right. There's none of that. No, no one says somehow Palpatine returned. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my anyway. So I guess that was, unless anyone else had any sort of, like, last words, it was sort of a little bit of a freewheeling discussion, but I think we kind of yeah. covered the idea yeah, that I we wanted to cover it. To... Just sort of, like the, like, the shame of all this, you know? Like, there's not really a solution, and yeah. there's not really, I mean, there's solutions, obviously, but there's not really a solution that anyone would go for. Right. Well, and I, I do think it's really interesting to think about this, kind of, you know, in light of the, the purges that we see now and the writer's strike, but I, I like putting it in the context of, like... There have been several or many times throughout our history in which media has been lost. Yeah. And I do think that's like a key and vital... I mean, that you, probably there really is no like consistent answer to it, but I think it's an interesting question to ask of like, do we have a right 
to see that thing simply because right. it was made. And I mean, I feel like the unfortunate legal answer is no, no you don't have the right to it, which uh, no. sucks. But again, like we said, this shows the importance of either physical media or piracy. And I think yeah. like the, the biggest difference is like, I can read about how, you know, there's movies from a, from a long time ago that are just gone forever. We'll never see them. And how that's different from like, Oh, a TV show that was on HBO Max is now potentially gone forever. Right, this is sitting on someone's hard drive somewhere in California. Right, it's it just hits a little different. I think especially if it's been released and you've already interacted with it. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's almost similar to the whole, like, the hot take conversation we were having before when it was, like, talking about, like, the death of cinema and, like, whether or not, like, do we need to see things in theaters or are we just kind of progressing to a new way of, like, consuming media? I think it's a, it's a similar question within that vein of, like, this is something that has in some form happened throughout our media history. Why is it so upsetting to us now? And I, I just think it's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And yeah. It, it ties in a lot how caring about media in this way is tied very heavily into our development as a culture. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. So I think, again, we talked about our generation, I think is more into this. We're more attached to our media because we're used to it being available. We can save and keep. And because I, yeah, I think we're maybe the first and now the last generation to ever take it for granted that mm-hmm. it will be around forever. Yeah, I think forever. that's probably true. I think that's very um, true. And I don't think that anyone else really did think that. I think yeah. that, like, everyone else kind of understood that, like, these things are not going to be around forever, um, which I think is interesting. And I, and I, I, that's actually something that I'm probably going to, it's probably going to linger in my brain for a while after this recording. <laughs> um, I think that at the end of the day, you have to remember that, like, y- yeah, sometimes film is art. Sometimes, Film is just entertainment. That depends. Sometimes yeah. it's both, and that's Sometimes fine too. Both. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, it is like one aspect of your life, um, and you know, your justified anger at capitalism aside, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't let it rule your life. The 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 agony over like losing, you know, certain things. Right. Um, there's other things, but the thing that I think the things that make me the most the ideas about this lost media concept that make me the most upset in this day and age are like, and this is, I guess, true of any age, uh, are the ideas of, like, somebody, you know, who has a strong memory of seeing something um, that is no longer, it was taken away from them that they can't ever go back to again. I yeah. mean, I do that all the time. I, I sometimes, this is, again, me, my dumb brain. I don't think this is, like, necessarily a good or healthy way to live. But, like, sometimes I remember something I saw 10 years ago, mm. and I have to go track down mm-hmm. what it was and find it. And the, the ability to do that and to relive that is really unique. Um, and the idea of not being able to do that for a given thing would, like, uh, would definitely feel... It would be a shame, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be a shame. Um, I don't think I feel as bad about the stuff that I'll never see anyway. Like, the stuff that I didn't see and now I'll never will. Um, just joins the sort of like Valhalla of stuff. Yeah, media Valhalla. <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, the un, you know the bucket list that will never get filled. Filled, emptied, emptied. Yeah. I don't know how you, what you do with the bucket list. Yeah, I guess that's cross a it off. Crossed off. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's something to consider that you know it's you know losing these things is it art being temporary and ephemeral is, is is maybe a part of existence yeah and to a certain extent we should let that 
I mean, yes, be angry at capitalism, but also maybe let that spur you to savor and enjoy the media that you have now and back it up with copies. Yep. Yep. Back it up. If you like it. Yeah. Find it. Keep it. Yep. Hold it. Get that solid state hard drive. Get your home media. Yeah. This this was enjoyable. I like our free willing discussions quite a bit. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Guys. Oh, I'm not hosting. You yeah, do that's it. all right. <laughs> We're all kind of hosting a little. Taking control there. Come back at us in two weeks. Two weeks with Radio Land Murders, a murder mystery about a radio station. Hey, fellas. Yeah. All right. Draftbook.com is the website. Facebook.com slash Powers Podcast. Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Itchy Preems, all that good shit. Subscribe, rate, blah, 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 blah. And bye. Bye. bye.